Welcome to HCS Talks. I'm your host, Superintendent of Hampton City Schools, Raymond Haynes. This is a Hampton City Schools podcast. If it is important to students, parents, teachers, the community, or anything that has to do with education, we hope to cover it on HCS Talks. The goal is to inform, educate, and even entertain you. Today's podcast will hopefully be an informative one as we discuss our students graduating the portrait of a Hampton graduate. This past fall, the Virginia Department of Education, or the VDOE, reported 96.37% of Hampton's 2023 graduates earned their diplomas in four years, surpassing the statewide average of 91.93%. Not only is Hampton's on-time graduation rate the highest on-time graduation rate in the region when compared to school divisions with over 1,100 students in the class of 2023, but our students have continued to exceed a 95% on-time graduation rate for four consecutive years. Additionally, the division's dropout rate for the class of 2023 is 0.75% compared to the state's dropout rate of 5.38%. We are proud to share that Hampton City Schools continues to have a dropout rate of less than 1% for three consecutive years. So today, I am honored that I have the opportunity to speak with two of the school division's graduation specialists, Mr. Melvin Brown at the Hampton High School and Dr. Nicole Boston Blanchard at Phoebus High School. Our five graduation specialists play an important role in supporting our young people to graduate the portrait of a Hampton graduate. So thank you both for being here. And before we, div- and before we dive into our discussion, Please tell the listening audience a little bit about yourselves. We'll start with you, Dr. Boston. Well, first of all, thank you for the opportunity to be here. Um, I have worked with Hampton City Schools for the last 15 years, actually 16. This is my 16th year here. I thoroughly enjoy it, and I appreciate being in this role. For this role for graduation specialist, I have been the graduation specialist going on. This is my ninth year. Ninth year. So prior to that, Dr. Boston, what roles were you in in Hampton? All right. So I actually started at um, Bethel High School as a special education teacher, self-contained. And then I went to an inclusion teacher. I then ventured over to Kickstown High School and ended up being a graduation facilitator over there for two years. So it's been a wonderful experience. Mr. Brown, how about you? Well, I'm into my sixth year here with uh, Hampton City Schools. I like to think that I was highly recruited recruited <laughs> from out of the state of Maryland uh, to come down here and work in uh, Hampton City so Schools. Wait a minute. You were in Maryland before you came to Hampton? I was in Maryland uh, before I came to I didn't uh, Hampton. Realize that. I thought you were in one of our neighboring districts. Well, I used to work at I.C. Norcom High School okay. prior to um, um, relocating to uh, Maryland. You know, I was there in Maryland at my dining room table and received the phone call and that's where it all started. Um, came back down here and had an opportunity to interview and uh, for this position right. and I enjoyed every minute of it uh, since I've been here. It's been a pleasure and I'm really thankful for the opportunity to work with the students in our Hampton City Schools. Well, we're thankful that you chose Hampton City Schools. So Maryland, well, are you from Maryland? No, I'm actually from um, Chesapeake. I'm a graduate of Deep Creek High School. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, Boston, where are you from? Richmond, Virginia. Richmond. Yes. So we're yes. all Virginians. Yeah, we yes. are. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Well, we thank you both for choosing Hampton City Schools and thank you for choosing to stay and the impact you're making on our young people and ensuring that they're graduating the portrait of a Hampton graduate is, is simply phenomenal. Thank you. So as a graduation specialist or as graduation specialists, what does a typical day look like for you? Even though we know there's really no typical day, every day of the year is probably different for you. But typically, what are you all, what do you all start off doing first thing in the morning? Well, I like to answer that question, uh, take a look at what does my week look like, because right. I have scheduled out a week. Uh, Mondays, I use that day for uh, alternative locations where students may be located in the adult learning center. Uh, go over there and have collaborate with the graduation specialists over there. Uh, Tuesdays are set aside for uh, meetings with the various academies. Uh, at Hampton High School that gives me an opportunity to give the, the academies our tier three students that we identified uh, throughout the school year over the summer. Uh, then on Wednesdays, that day is used for uh, my OGR meetings, on-time graduation meetings where I meet with the counselor. A, a team is put together with the uh, academy principal, the school counselor, myself, and a graduation facilitator, and we go through all of our tier three students on Wednesdays. Thursdays are set aside for home visits. Uh, home visits can range from students from the ninth to 12th grade. And then sometimes if we do have middle school students that we're asked to track and find, uh, they are included in the uh, on Thursdays, too, as well. And then Fridays are set aside for our uh, admin meetings where we all come to deck together and I'm responsible providing uh, information and data on our tier three students and what I've been doing throughout the week. So you said Thursdays, home visits, home visits, something about middle school students. Well, sometimes we're asked to as well to track uh, middle school students and elementary school students. Uh, and so they're included, you know, and sometimes they are siblings. Uh, so which makes it easier for us to find them, too, as well. It just speaks to that one community, one transformation mantra. It's not just about young people that are in your high school, but you're looking at on the front end of that, ensuring that young people come to school one time and daily, Correct. even at the middle and probably some instances elementary. Dr. Boston, how about you? What does your typical day look like? Uh, I, I would occur um, exactly with um, Mr. Brown that it, we do have set schedules. However, um, as he knows as well, is those schedules can be um, deviated. So I can get a phone call at 7 or 7.30 in the morning from a student saying they either missed the bus or from a parent saying they need some help. Um, a crisis might have occurred the night before or the right then and there. Um, um, and so thankfully we're able to um, adhere and help them get to the building as well as supply any services they can or need to. And that's just on a regular day, even on the weekends and things like that. Uh, I do have set schedules just like um, Mr. Brown said as well, certain days going versus the Alternative Learning Center. Definitely academy choices every week. Um, every day we do meet with academies um, to make sure that we are invested to get them caught up. And we don't only look at our seniors. We look at the whole building. So we're meeting with freshmen as well um, to make sure that they're where they're supposed to be. Great point. It speaks to my next question. But before I get into that, I know, Mr. Brown, you mentioned that whole collaborative approach when you're meeting. And you mentioned Dr. Boston meeting with the academy teams, the counselors, the academy principals. So we look at this as more holistically. It's not just the graduation specialists ensuring that young people are 
on track for graduation, but you all work together as a team. So Correct. talk a little bit about processes and structures around that. Okay. Well, I definitely can speak from um, processes. Um, we start this basically before kids might have even entered our building, um, where as a team, we look at all the data that's given from the district and see where they're on track or off track and come together with the school counselors, the academy principals, um, everybody, the special education department, everybody sits. It is a whole team approach to help each child specifically cater to what they need to make sure they get what they need to be successful. And that starts really early. Yes, ma'am. And I think that it's a great time to implement interventions and to talk about interventions that can happen on multiple different levels so we don't duplicate services. So I always ask the question at the academy meetings, uh, what does it look like for interventions for the graduation specialist, right. the school counselor, uh, the ad uh administration is there too as well. And then of course, we all know the teachers have interventions that they must implement. So it gives us an opportunity to hold everyone accountable for uh, ensuring that the student graduate on time. And then this year, what I also uh, included was security too as well, because we do have some students that like to may roam the hallways right. or may try to leave right. the building. Things like that do happen. So if there's our particular students that's on my radar, I give those names to the security guards and, and we communicate on the radios and if they see them in a the hallway before I get to them to hold them there until I get there. So I, we try to involve everyone on different levels to help us out. But it also helps in terms of that check and connect the security. Uh, super, the security officers get a chance to know the young people and establish rapport with them and, and looking at the whole school wrapping their arms around them saying, hey, we want to make certain that you come in and get what you need in order to graduate and actually be that portrait of a Hampton graduate. We're talking about being college, career, and life ready. It's an all-hands-on-deck thing, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention, and you all mentioned as well, the, the importance of the teachers and them being involved in the entire process because they're the ones who are ultimately saying, I believe, the young person has mastered the skills and concepts. We provided some additional interventions, and we want to make certain that, yeah, maybe you didn't make some good choices on the front end, but we want to give you opportunities and instill that sense of hope that you you, you do or you should be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel and uh, walk across that stage when your graduation date comes. Correct. And I, honestly, Dr. Haynes, I really do believe it's the building relationships across the board, and that's been really excellent. So I know you all mentioned uh, what you're doing in terms of that collaborative approach, but I also know you all look at things, what we call risk lists, in terms of uh, getting in on the front end and identifying or intervening in situations before matters get sort of kind of out of hand. So you want to talk a little bit about what that looks like for you? I really appreciate the risk list. Um, it gives us an opportunity to take a look at, especially those ninth graders, um, sometimes we may not have access to information uh, from the middle school as soon as we would like to have it, uh, especially over the summer. So we're usually targeting those 10th, 11th, and rising 12th graders uh, mainly over the summer to get them into the school to make sure that they have enough credits to meet the requirements for promotion. Uh, the risk list is definitely a, a, a piece of gold for us because it gives us an outlook on what ninth graders we should be targeting. I mean, it has so much information up there. But one thing that is key on that document is their attendance because that's definitely an indicator that that student will probably 
had some issues, not probably, but had some issues in middle school that can carry over to high school if we don't get in and help that family at that point in time. So you mentioned we know the risk list sort of points out how young people who have had some challenges with attendance. What other things does it look at? Everything, um, their grades, um, SOLs, um, you know, if they're, they're struggled on certain subjects, they didn't do so well in. So we need to figure out what we can do to help before they get to our building and right. making sure that they are given any, any, every opportunity, especially if we get it and then we're like, oh, maybe I can get them to come in during the summertime and, and get some one-on-one assistance. And I know it looks at discipline too in terms of uh, some of the choices they may have made, but it's not necessarily target, so to speak, versus an opportunity for you all to get on the front end and provide them what's the support that's needed to ensure they're going to be successful. This is the last thing we want to do, and we know historically uh, trying to look at look at them once they become a senior, then you're constantly playing catch-up. But if you catch them on the front end as ninth graders and tenth graders, then you're, you're, I think you're better preparing them for the expectations and them knowing that there's someone out there that cares about the overall well-being and the outcomes for them. So I, I know you mentioned that, Mr. Brown, but I can't say enough about those risk lists yeah, right. as well and, and, and you all jumping in on the front end of that and, and working to provide a system of support for young people as a whole. So how often are you reviewing student performance? Oh, that's daily. Daily, maybe hourly. Um, it's every... <laughs> <laughs> be honest with you it's, it doesn't stop um you know we just and I have it on you know the phone so even I'm looking up stuff that comes up every day every minute um so that's a, a that never because it's a continuous change especially right. with the right. performance levels right. and then probably having some conversations with the counselors and teachers about hey you know he didn't do so well in this particular area this is what he or she may have going on on the outside, external factors. Can we look at providing them with more opportunities to be successful? So I know a lot of that dialogue goes on with you all as well. Yeah, it's proof. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's proof. It's undeniable proof. Uh, it's a great tool to have to put in front of the parent when you have in that conversation with that parent that this is a starting point. Let's not look at it as a... a, a data of error. Well, let's look at it as a, as a starting point to try to make things different, try to make a change. Uh, you just can't deny it that it's there. You can't ignore it. And if you do ignore it, it's not going to get any better. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So what what types of things do you all do or put in place to support students and families? It's, it's, it's a plethora of things, but just talk about some of the unique things you I are g- doing. I, well, <laughs> I guess um, I can speak for myself is... Um, Basically, I'm always available. I'm available for you at any hour, any time. Um, also, um, gain resources in the community to see if they do need help. Because sometimes it's not in the school setting that is causing this. So we try to give a list of either, you know, any counseling services, any food providers, anything of that sort. Um, and just being there and open to listen as yes. well. Because sometimes parents just need us to listen right. to find out what's going on. And feeling like you, this is a family here at Hampton City Schools. We're We're not individual we're here together to help each other out and then also uh we have uh, uh mckinney vento we have a high number of families that may be displaced uh, so we make sure that uh they have access and, and have a thorough knowledge and understanding on how to go through that process. Some of them don't like to have the conversations about that, but they do understand, and we make them understand that your children needs to be in school. So McKinney Vento, we're talking about 
homeless families, Correct. homeless students as well. Correct. And we know in our subgroup performance, we have done exceptionally well in making certain these young people graduate on time as well. So I know that you all go above and beyond in working with them, taking if, whether it's taking resources and support to them or finding a way for them to get to school. So I'll talk a little bit more about some of the creative things you all have had to do to make certain that young people are walking across that stage supported over Hampton graduate. Uh, well, definitely. Um, one of the main things is just being available as far as picking up and transporting um, and telling them if you do happen to have to have another location, keep the open communication so that way we can supply any services they need to make sure they get to school. Um, and just being, you know, a, a support system for them, uh, as well as after school programs to help them out, helping the family as a whole, even with Thanksgiving, things of that sort, you know, um, for them. And we also work together, too, as well. So if a student that's in um, Hampton School Zone but attends Phoebus or attends another school zone, we help with transporting uh, students, uh, too, as well. Uh, if if there's Saturday school, yes. uh, students need a ride for Saturday school, we're a team up sometime and do home visits. Uh, anything that we need to do to help each other to get those students across the state. I'm glad you mentioned that, Mr. Brown. One of the most impressive things I have seen and just in my various roles in serving as a high school principal and then as the chief of secondary schools is the camaraderie and collegiality that you all have amongst each other. And it truly is symbolic of us being a school division and not a division of school and you all are working together to ensure, regardless of whether or not it's a student at Phoebus, Hampton, Bethel, or Kikatan, we're going to make certain these are our young people, and we're going to make certain they get across the stage. One of the points I wanted to mention is making certain the listening audience realizes it's not, this is earned diplomas. We're not giving Correct. anything. So right. just making certain that we work towards providing them um, um, an equal opportunity to get the resources that are needed to get across the playing field, so to speak. So we can't say enough about young people and, and, and the work that you all are doing with them and ensuring that it's a more collective approach. I mentioned earlier, we know that you all don't work in isolation, so it's more of a collaborative approach. And we mentioned the fact that you all are working with the teachers and the counselors and, um, and as well as with one another. So talk a little bit more about the team approach that you all have incorporated. Well, definitely, we must include the parents on the team. I, I do not believe in letting them off the hook. Uh, most of the time, we can find ourselves as being the parent, playing a parent role, especially for students that uh, once they turn 18, they feel right. as though, you know, I'm in charge of this, and right. so the parents back off. So we have to include the parent and the team approach, too, as well. And again, like I mentioned with our OGR meetings, we had the counselors in there, too, as well, going over and beyond uh, helping our students, uh, making sure they take take suggestions from us when right. it comes down to credit recovery, revising schedules uh, to make sure we put our students in the best positions to graduate on time, and especially those students that transfer from out of state. Good point. Yeah, I, I believe, um, honestly, what is you walk in that building and say, this is us, this is us together, we are going to do this all together, and, and open communication across the board with everybody, that, you know, as Mr. Brown said, as far as security, even the bus drivers, I mean, when the kids walk on that morning, they have to be in a good mindset as well, cafeteria, that food, you know, right. everybody, you know, <laughs> is, is let's do this together as a unit. And I know the work that you do is, is pretty much 24-7, 365. But when there's that small window of opportunity, when you get a break, 
when do you get a break or time to recharge? And when you get it, what is it that you like to do or enjoy doing? I mean, to be honest, I break when I sleep. <laughs> it, it's very, it's, you know, I'm so data driven and I enjoy uh, witnessing and being a part of students moving throughout their lives, right. from high school and life after high school. I can't take a break. Right. Um, even when we afforded uh, vacation time, we find ourselves still working. Um, people will call us. Right. Yes. <laughs> they will call us. And, and then some, some students have our cell phone numbers and they reach out to us. And we're always available. Uh, I, I, I honestly, when I sleep is when I break. I yeah, I can say the same thing. Um, my kids come first. You know, um, they're going to call regardless whether I'm off or, or, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm off. However, what do you, you know, what do you need? What's going on? Yes. Same thing with just as, as a whole, because um, I just don't know when to turn off right. because I'm here for the children, that, for them and the parents as well. So, so even in that millisecond that you <laughs> might, if you're not sleeping, Mr. Brown or Dr. Boston, <laughs> Aside from this world, what is it that you like to do? Personally? Yes. Well, I'm into, I'm into uh, AFX, racing cars, you know, toys. You actually from, race cars? Well, handheld devices, oh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Harris like, mm. It's an old school I hobby was, from back in the 70s, 80s. First, but so it's remote control remote control remote control those who are in the field that's that's the terminology we use but uh i'm into you know hobbies i'm, right. I'm really into my hobbies and i just like some quiet downtime uh i may read every now and then or spend time with my grandchildren at two twin, you know, yes, twins twins you yes. know so but, you know, if that phone ring and I get a text message, I just can't. In the middle of the race, you just stop. <laughs> in, in the middle of the race. I'm, I'm, even when I'm out with my, uh, even when I'm out with my friends, I get a text message and I just, I just find a need to help the student. I, I just can't turn it off. But in my downtime, I do spend time uh, enjoying my hobbies and spending time with my grandkids. Yes, so, yes, yeah. How old are your twin grandkids? Seven. Seven. They'll be eight. Uh, December 7th. And they live in this area? They uh, Yes, they do. Okay. They live in this area. They attend school out in uh, Virginia Beach. Okay. Dr. Boston, how about you? I enjoy reading. I, I, I enjoy reading um, and what I consider watching meaningless TV where you don't really have to think that much because my brain is right. constantly going. Um, another Not thing you have to try to figure out what's right. going on. <laughs> right. <laughs> also enjoy spending time with my son. He does go to Hampton City Schools as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, he'll be leaving me Next year, he'll be a senior. So, um, you know, spending time with him. He knows mommy when that phone rings is another student. Uh, I'm sorry, you know, but he knows he's fine. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's But you do pretty get much. that time in. I do. I make family. sure and, I get uh, that time in. And having some self-care as well, we know, is, is important. Yes. Because you have to take care of yourself in order to go out and, and hopefully take care of others as well. Definitely. So, so what keeps the both of you motivated? What's sort of your why for the work? I was thinking about this. What is, why do I do it every year after every year? It's the students, the children. I truly love kids. And no matter, you know, even we might bump his next second, the very next second. Okay, they were like, you're not upset? No, why should I be? <laughs> let's, let's figure out the, the ultimate goal is to get you graduated and then move on. And, and having one kid, I have one kid that comes back every year 
for the last three years, brings me one rose, you know, when he comes to see me. It's just it's just that one, you know, and nice. that's multiple that over the years. But just to think that you just need one. He was a first generation um, high school for his family. Nobody graduated from high school at all. So I think that's just wonderful. That keeps you motivated to help all of them to figure out what we need to do. Very good. Yeah, if, if I can put a small dent in the cycle of breaking poverty, just a small dent, you know, that's my why. Uh, when I came out of high school in 1987, um, back then you can drop out of high school without um, getting a high school diploma and you can still get a make a good living. You can go into the military, uh, you can still find factory jobs and, you know, things have changed. You know, with, with the way the economy is going and, and, you know, these kids just do not have a chance. They do not have a chance that they do not have that high school diploma. And so that's my why. Every morning I get up, I have theme music that I listen to to charge me up, to amp me up. I always find words of affirmation to keep me going because this job is stressful. It, it can be stressful. It can be uh it can have an element of disappointment, right. you know, when students don't make it, you know, but we have to keep going and keep trying. So, you know, that's my why to try to put a little small dent in the cycle of poverty to help these students. Very powerful statement. That self-care piece for yourself, like mm -hmm. you mentioned, whether it's theme music in the morning, or, or words of affirmation, and hopefully those words of affirmation you could use to uh, hopefully impact young people too. So, we know that's all critically important to the work that you all do on a regular basis. So are there any success stories or students that you won't forget? I have too many, to be honest. Uh, it's, it's too many kids. Um, like I just mentioned earlier, one that just graduated and nobody in the family had, you know, his high school diploma. That was one. Um, we've got moms, you know, what we call them, that that finished up and was excellent that they come back around and and now they're their siblings. And so they were like, Dr. Boston, how long are you staying? I was like, Well how I was like, Well what grade? They were like second grade. I was like, oh, I don't know about that <laughs> But, you know, um each year is a success story and I've been doing this for some time now and it's it's too many to count. Well with me, like Dr. Boston mentioned, is just too many to count. Uh I, I I get my enjoyment out of seeing the family unit at graduation, right. uh, the happiness, the joy, the relief that they, you know, feel that hey, my baby made it. Right. And then when grandma come on the scene and <laughs> that, that just gets me, you know, I'm okay until I see grandma. Right. So, you know, so they always come up and thank you for, for helping their, their baby out and getting them to graduate. So that's, that's the success that I like to see the family unit, uh, enjoying the fact that their child or their children, you know, finally made it across that stage. And then for me, and I'm sure for you all as well, it's not just making certain that they walk across that stage uh, being the portrait of a Hampton graduate. It's like, how are we tracking to determine, yeah, we, we made certain they graduated, but what connections do you have to see what they're doing after high school? If we're going to talk about showing young people a college career and life ready, what does that look like? So how, what types of... Um, what types of stories do you have or do you know about young people after they leave the doors of D 
the Hampton High School or Phoebus High School? What are you all seeing? Well, I told them, you need, you know, I've been checking on you all these years. You need to come back and check on me. Right. So, hence, when they do come check on me, right. uh, ultimately I'm getting where are they at, what are they doing. Of course, our college babies come back during break. Um, I've gotten some military that came back as far as, and then they're actually in the community also working. Um, we got the shipyard and things of that sort. So, um, I always say before they leave and cross the stage, make sure you come check on me so that way um, I know what they're doing. And they're doing things in the community, Let which is excellent. No, you want to stay connected to them. We yes. weren't just working towards your getting Correct. the high school diploma and we're done with you. We want to know what you're doing to further prepare yourself for life in general. How about you, Mr. Brown? Well, one impressive uh, thing that I witnessed this school year is that we actually had some uh, substitutes come back that were Hampton, nice. not only the Hampton High School graduates, but Hampton City School graduates. Um, and I recognized them and standing there having that conversation. Oh, Mr. Brown, I remember when you helped me graduate and used to come to my job and right. make sure that I took time off my job to graduate. That was real fulfilling to see those students come back and then the students that are still there in the building had an opportunity to hear those conversations. And I'm pretty sure they had those conversations while they was in the classroom. So it was just a 360 degree opportunity for me to see students come back to Hampton City Schools and to substitute teach. And one of the million things that you all do, you mentioned going to the place of employment for young people, having conversations with them during their breaks or even talking with their supervisors yes. about the importance of giving them some time off to ensure they get what they need or do what they need to graduate and go on to places that folks wouldn't Imagine you're having to go to doing these so-called home visits. It's not necessarily a home, but going above and beyond the call of duty to make certain that we uh, keep people on, keep young people on track for graduation, and instilling that sense of hope that I think is critically important in the work. As we wrap up, is there anything else you would like to share with the listening audience? Well. There's one thing that I always like to mention what what was I think was very important what Hampton City Schools uh did over the over the last few years is when it, you know we 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 you this division shares the data with the community those signs that were posted around the city 100% accreditation gave me and I'm pretty sure it gave the other graduation specialists an adjusted bit of influence when we walk into these establishments, a uh, place of employment and speak to managers to let them know, hey, we got a student that's not doing well in school. Would you be willing to adjust their schedule? Even sometimes the students ask us to go in and speak for them. And not one time have we had anyone deny us uh, the right to speak to them or to change their schedules or redirect us back to the parent. They all knew exactly who we are, what we stood for. I think those signs did a great bit of justice to let the community know how well the schools are doing in uh, Hampton City Schools. I couldn't have asked for a better response. Mm -hmm. It speaks to our mantra of one community, one transformation. Yes, excellent. And being excellent with intentionality. How about you, Dr. Boston? You know, I just think that Hampton City Schools is where it's supposed to be. Yeah, um, I think it's an excellent um, school system and everybody needs to be here um, yes. because we are all family oriented within just Hampton in general. It's, I, I'm, I can't speak any more than that. We want to make certain that folks coming to this area yes. choose Hampton. Make Hampton the first choice. Definitely. Working with dynamic folks like yourselves and, and the impact that you're making on young people on a daily basis. Can't say enough about it. We continue to hold 
folks to the highest standard in terms of ensuring uh, on-time graduation rate is above 95%, and that dropout rate remains below 1%. And we want to continue to increase the percentages of our young people graduating on time and, and totally de decrease the dropout rate altogether. The city itself is, is working hand-in-hand -hand with us, and it speaks volumes to us looking at uh, folks wanting to move here and be a part of Hampton City Schools to work, live, eat, and play. And it goes without saying that you all are part of that uh, tremendous and positive impact that you're making with the city as a whole. So thank, thank you. you, Mr. Brown and Dr. Boston, for joining me today. I'm sure our listening audience, especially our high school parents, even our middle school parents, or rising high school parents in general, have learned some important information from you. And to our listeners, remember, education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world. As one community, one transformation, we will ensure academic excellence for every child, every day, whatever it takes. We will catch you next week. Listen to learn more about Hampton City Schools. New episodes of HCS Talks drop on Thursdays. Subscribe and listen to HCS Talks. HCS Talks is a Hampton City Schools production.